There is one story that every person is a part of, and it goes like this. God created us out of love to be in relationship with him. But our trust in God was broken by sin, and we became separated from him. So God sent Jesus Christ into the world to redeem us and restore us to new life. We all belong within the big, universal story of God's redeeming love. But at the same time, we each have our own individual experiences with God. Our encounters with His grace, mercy, hope, healing. These moments are as unique and unrepeatable as we are. And they are stories that are meant to be shared. You're listening to The Story, a podcast by St. Andrew the Apostle Catholic Church. In each episode, a different member of our community tells the story of a personal experience in their journey to know and follow the Lord. Hello, and welcome back to The Story. For our sixth episode, you'll be hearing from Megan Zendarski. I invited Megan to share with you all the story of how God has transformed her life and brought her through various trials to a place of joy and healing. with this and for being willing to share your story. Would you start by introducing yourself to people who don't know you a little bit? It's my pleasure. And I am Megan Zandarski. Um, I've been attending this parish since 2012, 2013. Um, around that time, I sing for the youth music and I help out with First Communion and Edge. And I have three daughters that attend this parish as well. Mm-hmm. And how old are your are your girls? They are 8, 11, and 14. Okay. And what are you wanting to share with everybody today? Um, I want to share my life story pretty much and how I came to be so involved in the church and about carrying my cross and how it made me the person I am today. And yeah. All right, go ahead and start us off wherever the beginning is for you. Okay. My husband also comes to this parish. (laughs) His name is Corey. We don't want him to feel left out. No. (laughs) Okay. So I was born in 1988 uh, to uh, my mother and my father who had severe mental health issues um, that caused them to divorce. Uh, so my mom moved here to come see and then met my stepfather, who is pretty much my real father. He's been in my life since I was six months old. And it was, it's kind of a miracle because he introduced me to the church. He just, he's been my rock all my life. And, um, Anyways, I met him at six months old, and my parents were married, and uh, we had a good life for a while until I was about eight years old, and then we went through some pretty heavy family things for a while, and that he was still my rock, but it caused me to make some bad life decisions as a teenager. I wanted attention in any way possible, like good attention and bad attention, because I was was bullied. I was I was severely bullied. I was mm-hmm. like beat up. But what really caused me pain is when 
I was 17 years old. I met a man who I thought I was in love with, but it turns out it turned out to be manipulation mm-hmm. and it turned into abuse and then a baby. But I do not regret her at all and she pretty much saved my life. Um I was down a bad path after I met him and uh I was drinking a lot mm-hmm. and I was just so lost mm-hmm. in my faith. And it just kind of like spiraled from there. And, but she was the light of my life. Mm-hmm. And after making some bad decisions and going down the wrong path, I decided to join the army to give her a way better life. Mm-hmm. And um, so I joined the army, which was the hardest at that time, six months of my life. I had to leave her. And uh, like a week before I left for basic training, my brother had died. Mm. So it it was just like crushing and I kept on just feeling bad for myself and saying, why me? Why me? And But I did make it through basic training and I came back to her and I was able to give her a better life than I did before. But then uh, the day I got back from uh, basic training, I was sexually assaulted by my best friend's boyfriend. So I decided to move to Howell, where I continuously made bad decisions. And it just, I didn't feel good at all. And I I know I wanted to do the right thing deep down, but I was just too broken to, like, yeah. find the right way to go. And um, uh, shortly after I moved to Howell, I met another person whom... I thought that I had fallen in love with. Again, it was just it was just um, blinders on my eyes. I just wanted to be loved so badly. Right. And it also led to more abuse and another baby. But this time we were married and we moved back to Tecumseh where we live now, pretty much Britain area. Uh, when I moved back, I found out that I was to be deployed. I had such mixed feelings about it because Mm -hmm. I wanted to escape from my life that Mm -hmm. I was in. But at the same time, I was going to leave two babies and not for six months, a year. How old were your girls at that point? Abby was four Mm -hmm. and Lizzie was 10 months old. Okay. It was so hard. But once it came time to leave, I just had some extra strength inside me. It was, I know it was the Holy Spirit because it was such a... A hard thing to do and it's also what um, kept me alive over there is just thinking about coming home to my girls and then I started to pray more again and then when I was overseas I um, became a part of a praise and worship group over there called Guns and Praises. <laughs> That's awesome. What year were you deployed? I was deployed in 2010. And where? Afghanistan. Okay. Um, I was a military police. Mm-hmm. So I had I worked inside a prison and also I got um, pulled to be a part of a different team where I brought in prisoners and also brought in visitors for the prisoners. And so it was quite an experience, but um, I was so terrified while I was over there too, because my daughters were with my, at the time, husband, and I was trying, I was trying to get out of it because Mm -hmm. it was not a good place. And I know divorce is not good, but abuse is horrible. Yeah. And especially when children are involved and I was afraid for their safety while it's gone. Mm -hmm. 
But while I was over there, a miracle kind of happened. Um, and he ended up going to jail. Not It wasn't the miracle that he went to jail, mm-hmm. but it was a miracle that I was able to get my children out of there on mm-hmm. a family care plan. I was able to get all my stuff out of the apartment. And um, I had lawyers there to help me. Mm-hmm. And I just felt this load off my shoulders because it was it was severe abuse. And you knew that your girls were safe. Yes. I can't, I, I, that has to have been, I don't know how you did that, like being over there every day and not being with your girls and worrying about them. It was the hardest thing of my whole entire life. Yeah, I was more worried about their safety than my own. And you were in significant danger. Yes. yes. Yeah. But they were able to be taken care of by my dad mm-hmm. and my mom helped out too. And it was, it was just this huge load off my shoulders, like I said. And um, I also met someone while mm-hmm. I was over there. I wasn't even looking. Mm-hmm. I was really focusing on myself and I just wanted to find my faith again. I wanted to find myself again mm-hmm. for my girls. But uh, God had another plan. And I I met my husband while I was over there. Actually, I knew him before deploy- I deployed. We mm-hmm. We kind of had this uh, romantic comedy relationship where we used to bicker a lot about the silliest things, but uh, we started talking like a lot because we had to see each other every single day for a year, Mm -hmm. and we talked about faith, and we talked about he lived on a farm too, and how it's a small world, but he lived on the other side of the state, and we made it through. We became best friends over there, and then he came to visit me uh, when we got home. Mm-hmm. Right away, it, he drove. It was three hours. Wow. He drove to come see me, and and then um, we talked more, and then he finally met our, my girls, mm-hmm. and the girls just fell in love with him right away. It mm-hmm. was it was the break I needed. It was. Mm-hmm. God, just, I, I could see God every single day, everywhere yeah. in my life. And I finally felt joy for the first time, like, in my life, like, true joy. Mm-hmm. But I still was handed crosses because my lessons weren't done yet in life. Right. And, uh, and I still had to learn that that's why we carry our crosses, mm-hmm. is to make us who we are meant to be. Mm-hmm. I took in some friends throughout the years. Even before Corey and I got married, I was taking care of friends that didn't have anywhere to go, but Mm -hmm. they were making bad decisions, and I felt myself getting lower and lower. Mm -hmm. And uh, so that was kind of bringing me down, but then Corey proposed, and Mm -hmm. we were married, and um, I still took in people, but then I had to learn that I had to set boundaries mm-hmm. um, because they they were putting my kids in danger with their decisions that they were making. And so I had to let it go and just pray for them. And it was really hard to do because I really just wanted to like help all these people. Yeah. And I think that's why I gravitated towards uh, people that just needed comfort and love and why I was in those situations. But I had to learn not to do that. But then we started coming to St. Andrews as soon as I got married, mm-hmm. and which was the best decision I've ever made. I was not sure if I wanted to be Catholic at the time still, and we were newly married, but my dad was like, Corey should try out the Catholic Church. You mm-hmm. guys should go through RCA. He should go through RCIA. And mm-hmm. then we talked about it. And after exploring other churches, 
uh, we decided that would be the best thing. And so we went through our CIA and I went through, um, I went through all my CCD classes growing up in confirmation, but never, it wasn't, it wasn't significant enough for me to like remember all the experiences. But as soon as I started going to RCA with Corey, Mm -hmm. I, my flame was lit Yeah, and, um, it just changed my whole life. And I, I know you were there for the beginning of, uh, my journey, like my true journey once I discovered that I need to be here and I need to focus on my faith and make that number one. And, um, it's just been, it's just been amazing. And I, I remember coming to mass and there was this girl singing 5.30 mass Mm -hmm. p.m. And I was like, I want to do that so bad. Mm -hmm. And I asked her if I could join and she said yes. And during that time, I went through another trial. I just had my third daughter, uh, Carly. My youngest daughter started having really bad seizures. Mm -hmm. They said only 10% of kids are okay after being diagnosed with these seizures, infantile spasms. Mm-hmm. Um, they prepared me for her to have a lot of developmental delays. They prepared me that she would never be able to walk mm-hmm. or talk, um, and they would progress into different types of seizures. But that didn't happen. When we were going through our CIA and um, started coming here, everybody was praying for her, everyone and uh, she was my biggest miracle because mm-hmm. she has absolutely nothing wrong with her anymore. No seizures, wow. nothing that has stemmed from the seizures. She has a little bit of sensory issues, but um, it could be a lot worse. And yeah. we are we are so like blessed. So that really opened my eyes to what what the Holy Spirit could do and the power of prayer. So. I started singing in the band, and then I met you, yes. and then I just... And who was that girl that was singing oh, the first time? Olivia, and now she is my sister-in-law, because after I joined the band, um, I got my brother to join the band, and, uh, and they fell in love, and now I have two nieces, a beautiful uh-huh. sister-in-law, mm-hmm. and um, they live right down the road, and it's amazing. Yeah. I never would have guessed that this would be my life now, but it's it's awesome. <laughs> it's so cool that when we were getting ready to do this podcast, I said, to think back to those versions of ourselves, it's so cool how God pieces together these yeah. things in our lives, and it just kind of blows blows your mind right? how he makes it all all work, right. work and out. That brings me to um all those things that I went through. Mm-hmm led me here and I would not take back anything that's ever happened to me Mm -hmm. because I feel like I could handle anything and um especially with prayer and it really usually people run away from God I I did not make the best decisions Mm -hmm. but I never I never was like super mad at God and I've I always talked to him during those times uh and I just I kept on trying to push through and then I did. And then um, once we all became friends, I became more involved. Mm-hmm. And then I became friends with Adam, and he started leading the youth music. Mm-hmm. And then we we met more teens, and I just started loving working with the teens so much that like I really wanted to help out more than just the music. Mm-hmm. So Janet started working here too, mm-hmm. 
And I was talking to her about any ways I could help. And then she said, we need another confirmation teacher. Mm -hmm. And I said, oh, sure. (laughs) So I guess I was meant to be a confirmation teacher Uh that year. And um, I have been helping out with EDGE ever since. Mm -hmm. And I I just, I get so much joy working with the kids. Yeah. And um, this year has been quite a trial for me, too. Mm But it's been a really, really, really big learning experience, and I've had a lot of growth this year. I found out that I have numerous autoimmune disorders uh, right around the time COVID hit. Wow. So that caused mental health issues, Mm -hmm. uh, panic attacks, but it led me to more prayer. And I started doing the rosary every day this year. Mm -hmm. And um, we've looked up so many novenas. We went to a healing service. Yeah. And I have found a new love for prayer this year more than any other year. And so I'm I'm not scared anymore. I don't have any more panic attacks. Mm-hmm. And um, I just feel, I feel good. And I just love this parish so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I can tell, you know, when you talk about yourself after you started coming back to the faith, it's just this, there's this undeniable joy and light that you feel about it. You sound like you feel lighter. Yes. And I wanted to ask you, do you think, is that one reason that you like working with the teenagers because of how much you struggled when you were a teenager? I think so. And I just want them to know that they don't have to go through all of that Mm -hmm. and like, and how great it is to like embrace your faith. Mm Mm-hmm. Especially in these times, and I feel like they need mentors now more than ever, and just people helping guide them. Yeah, I I think that's one of the reasons. Yeah, you talked about that you were looking for love. Mm -hmm. You just wanted to be loved, and I work with youth, so I I agree that they need that, and they're looking for that. And And affirmations. and, And we found that through the Lord. Yes. It makes you want to share that. So that if it could by chance not go through what you went through. Mm -hmm. And also if they do, Mm -hmm. to know that they can get through it and that it's just a small portion of your life Mm -hmm. and things do get better, Mm -hmm. even though it seems like they won't at the time. Yeah. I was wondering, it seems like the, the... Guns and Praises, that was your yeah. that was your worship band. <laughs> yeah. I wanted to know how did you get involved being involved in that? Did somebody invite you? What made you because that seems like that was kind of a little bit of a start of a turning point for you. Yeah, it was. And I forgot to mention earlier, I did it I, I sing for youth music when I was a teenage sixteen. Oh okay. uh, for a year. And I loved that so much. It was like the best thing. And so I had that little bit of a background. And they had a karaoke tent over there, and somebody had heard me sing. Yeah, Afghanistan. Yeah. Okay. Uh, like a mock karaoke tent, uh-huh. like when we had downtime. Yeah. Um, and somebody heard me sing that was a part of the band at Praise and Worship Group, mm-hmm. um, and they uh, they invited me to come sing, and mm-hmm. I said, okay, and I got really excited because I used to come to that. I did come to that before they invited me, and I mm-hmm. really enjoyed going, but it was just so much better being a part of it, too. Mm-hmm. I just... I felt like I had even a bigger purpose there. Right. And um, and that's what drew me to this band, mm-hmm. too. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about the role that music has in your life right now and, you know, what you're hoping for the future? Oh, yeah. When I came home from Afghanistan, I 
um, pursued a degree in criminal justice and I got that. But then I realized I did not want to do that anymore. And that wasn't really my passion. Mm -hmm. I wanted to do something like more happy, less anxiety provoking. Yeah. Um, so I decided to um, go back to school through the VA to go back to school for music therapy at Eastern. It's my first year and I love it. I love helping people with music mm-hmm. and it's helping me here. I, I help uh, lead adoration on mm-hmm. Sunday nights for the Edge and I also sing at the 530 Mass. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I just, I want it to be a huge part of my life because I feel like God called me to use my gift for him. And yeah. I feel like it's what I have to do. <laughs> and I love it so much. And yeah. It, it's amazing to me thinking about, you're right. I mean, God call, gives us our gifts and calls us to use them. And I just am really struck by the way that music not only have given it away, but it's also given a lot to you. Like it's, it sounds like it's helped you. Yes. And that's something really beautiful about God's gifts is, you know, there are some things we have that are talents and there's some things that he gives us that are are more than that. They can have a spiritual purpose as well. And exactly. they are so beautiful complex and layered and how they work in our lives and it's really cool i know i say this people who have been listening to these episodes have probably heard me say that's so cool a lot well i just i think god is so cool i can't help it and me too um it is (laughs) (laughs) um i wanted the other thing i wanted to ask was when you said that you wanted younger people to know that even if they go through what you went through that it's not this is that's not the end of their life it's just a part of their life how did your faith help you move forward from the bad choices that you, that you described making and about guilt or the shame of that that people mm-hmm. often experience? Ah, uh, confession. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's people underestimate how powerful mm-hmm. confession is and it's taking all of the weight yeah. off of my shoulders of what I've done in the past because I want don't want to live that life and mm-hmm. I don't want to do that stuff mm-hmm. anymore and I just want to live for him and I know he knows that because mm-hmm. he gave us that gift mm-hmm. of confession so we can do that. Yeah. And um, it's not... I'm very remorseful for what I did. I'm not like making less of how I was, Mm -hmm. but at the same time, it it was, it's not me anymore. And, um, and I take a deeper look of what people are going through and why they do things that they do and hurt and anger and just brokenness Mm -hmm. will make you do some things that you wouldn't normally do. And, um, I'm just so grateful for the gift of confession. Amen. I think you talked about carrying crosses mm-hmm. and how um, that they they help us become who we were meant to be. And I agree with that. I would say that I think that they help us to get closer to God and we were meant to be close with, with the Lord. We weren't meant to have a distant relationships with him. And when we carry crosses, it helps us, it helps us understand other people's crosses exactly and it also helps us to understand him his cross yes it's like all part of having that relationship with him and becoming more like him exactly but it's it's not easy but i i am amazed by going through all these trials that you are as strong as you are i'm sure there's times when you don't feel like you're strong but to me i just i love your story because it shows how powerful God is, how amazing he is, and how much he can transform anything. 
Exactly. Even decisions that we've made in the past that uh, he can turn them into really beautiful, bring really beautiful things out of it, uh, which I see in you. And that he's never done with us. Exactly. And that uh, I want to bring something up that goes along with that to my daughter, Elizabeth, her dad, the one um, whom I was married to before, mm-hmm. has had a huge change recently he went through some major things even more and um i think he's found god through elizabeth and um she gave him some miraculous medals and told him to pray in that and he's she's been praying the rosary for him every night and um that makes me want to cry. I know. And the purity of children's faith. Mm-hmm. And you say, you've told me that she has a de- this devotion. devotion to the Blessed Mother, right? Yeah, she does. She's just like enthralled by yes. Mary. Uh, she's always looking at um, the coronation picture. Wow. And she just stares at it. I have it on my phone. And she's how old? She's 11. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I know. And, That's amazing. And um, so there has been healing there. It's just amazing to see this little girl bring God into... Yeah people's lives and even my other daughter she had a uh saint michael bracelet with the saint michael medal on her Mm -hmm. and uh she told me the other day she dropped it at school and saw her friend wear it and she said to her friend that's mine but you should keep that and she said she said that's a saint michael bracelet you should tell your parents what the St. Michael prayer is. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, so my kids are just out there evangelizing people. <laughs> Abby, too. Abby's bringing a friend tonight to yeah. check out our church, and I, they just all amaze me. It is it is amazing. And, I, again, I think it just goes to the healing that of what you were saying about Lizzie's dad and, and how God can bring healing into families where mm-hmm. there's been broken relationships and a lot of pain and hurt. It is truly possible, and a lot of us experience family relationships, and we think it's just stuck that way, and things like this remind me. It's not, you know, God can still do something with it. Everything can be healed through him. I really thank you for sharing this. I know it's very vulnerable, especially because some of these things were very painful that you experienced. Thank you also for having served our country the way that you did. I'm really grateful that you made it out of there safely um, and that you've been able to come back and and keep building this beautiful life and uh, be part of our church and gift us with your beautiful voice and your beautiful girls and and friendship and things like that. So thank you. um, And thank you to God for for making that possible. But thank you for your time and for your willingness to do that. You're very welcome. It's my pleasure. Um, I just feel like it's important for people to know not for I don't want anybody to feel sorry for me because I am truly happy mm-hmm. right now, but I just want them to know that there is hope even though sometimes it doesn't seem like that in certain situations. Yes. And uh, yeah, healing is possible through God. Amen. And prayer. And prayer. Amen. All right. Well, thank you, Megan. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Story. We will be taking a short break next week for Good Friday, so the next episode will be released on the Friday after Easter. From there, episodes will continue to be released every two weeks. If you have a story from your personal faith journey that you'd like to share with others through this podcast or by other means, you can let us know by filling out the form at standrewsaline.org witness.